You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today we're talking about Erasmus and English in Ireland. Hello there, welcome to English with Monty. We're now on to episode 20 and I have a very good friend of mine here that did an Erasmus experience quite some time ago. We think it's about 2004. And my friend Tito, who is in Ravenna now, but I know him from my time in Bologna. Hi, how are you doing, Tito? I'm very good. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. First of all, I wanted to really speak to you about what experience you had when you did Erasmus, relating it to obviously English and cultural experiences. How did your experience doing Erasmus help with your English, do you think? And why did you choose Ireland in particular? Well, I decided to go to Ireland when I was obviously still in Bologna. There was the opportunity to go to different countries, but then I picked Ireland, obviously, because it was an English-speaking country and I wanted to improve my English. So that's why, that's the main reason why I decided to go there. I think overall the experience, the old period there, my experience there was fantastic. So I have really, really good memories of that experience. Mm-hmm. But obviously, doing Erasmus is not a piece of cake. So sometimes you need to go through different challenges, especially when you're studying a university. I studied chemistry, so I had to do exams and start studying new subjects from scratch. Mm-hmm. And that was very challenging to me because obviously I had to listen to lessons and all the lecturers were English speaking actually were like Irish, Irish accents. That was quite tough. That was one of the, I think, main points as far as studying and language. Everything revolves around language is concerned. Your main motivation really was to improve your English rather than necessarily have an experience abroad or was it a bit of both? I think it was a bit of both, to be honest. Well, the English was a really good excuse, obviously, because mm-hmm. English is important and everyone knows that. It's a passport. You can use English to go almost to every country and communicate with people. But also the experience was something very valuable. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a new house. I actually changed two flats. The first one I was living with some students and was quite close to university. And then I had to change because of the availability of the room. So I had to change and I had to go somewhere else. But then the cultural experience was really nice. It gave me a lot in terms of relationships. So I still, after many years, I still am in contact with some people living there. Mm. I'm still really good friends with some students who used to study with me and also with some housemates. Mm-hmm. I think it was really cool. And then the cultural impact wasn't as much as I thought because later on in my life, I've been to other countries where the cultural impact was definitely higher. It was definitely... Like more uh, of a culture shock, you mean? Yeah, else, exactly. Yeah. You know, there was more of a cultural gap between like some Western countries anyway. Mm. I've been recently, very recently to Korea, for example. There are a lot of differences between the countries. And if you want to live there, you need to learn many things and to get accustomed to a lot of things. It's very different. The difference between Ireland and Italy is is not so big. Exactly. Even like culturally, I think I found myself 
at ease well, like with people there. There are really friendly people there, very helpful people. When I went there, you know, I needed things to know places and get maybe friends and start having social life. That was very easy. I guess typically Irish people are known to be very friendly people. They obviously like socializing and I, I guess stereotypically like to have a few drinks as well. Exactly. But that's social lubrication in a way, isn't it? So it, it helps you feel a bit more relaxed about things. Definitely it is. I was more sociable also after a few points. <laughs> yeah, I have sure. to admit, that's definitely one of the main differences between Italy and Ireland, probably, which I had to get accustomed to. The drinking in Italy is lived in a different way. Normally in Italy, you would accompany food with the drink, with a beer, or you can have the aperitivo that you know very well because you've been in Bologna. You would have a drink just to enjoy, but there's a lot of daylight life that you can enjoy. Whereas in Ireland, obviously, there was a lot happening in the pubs. There was a key place where we used to go. It was fantastic because I think your life changes a bit when you're changing also the environment where you're living. I used to go to pubs as well. I almost became, during that year, I almost became Irish. I felt like I was getting involved into the Irish life, I um, mm. was meeting Irish friends. And so all my life was slowly, slowly becoming more and more Irish. I think even the habits, even fish and chips, I used to have a lot <laughs> <laughs> before, okay. before going back home. Sometimes I used to pop in the shop and, and get fish and chips for dinner or things like that. So yeah. it was fantastic, fantastic experience. I would suggest that anyone should do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think... The key with Erasmus, I never actually did Erasmus. As you know, I was working, but I experienced it, I guess, as well, because of my friends with a lot of Erasmus students and experienced the Erasmus life, perhaps without the study element, more of the drinking element. But I think it's important to embrace the culture, isn't it, where you are and live how local people live. For me in Bologna as well, it was exactly the same. I guess one of the reasons why we're good friends is because of that element isn't it because often i would like to obviously do italian things potentially speak italian not necessarily with you but with other people <laughs> it is really important to immerse yourself isn't it in culture i think that's very important i agree 100 also by getting into the culture then you get to know people more the deep thoughts in what they're thinking and the culture is and mm -hmm. then you start thinking and being sort of the same wavelength as mm -hmm. them which i think is really essential for uh living in the country and then we as humans need all that you know we need social life we need to be understood we need to understand do things together and the language i think is the only way forward the main thing you need to then be able to do the other things which for example in some other countries would be definitely more difficult because yeah. of the cultural gap that yeah. i was mm. telling you about it was cork that you went to is that right yeah that's correct when you arrived how was your english when i first arrived in cork my english wasn't that poor because i had been traveling before that experience i'd been going to the uk and then i had been working occasionally in some Italian restaurants as well. That was a big help for me. But obviously, going from that for a few months in the UK, doing some waitering and then studying in university in Cork, there's a big gap, especially when it comes to 
deal with the Irish accent, which <laughs> I have to say <laughs> at the start was a bit of a mess for me. It was a bit of a trauma. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some lecturers, for example, had very, very thick accents. Yeah, and sure. for me, it took quite a while to get accustomed to that, to get understanding that. Well, now when I talk to Irish people, I understand them better than some other English-speaking countries because I'm used to that. And also Scottish people, that as you know, because of work. That's an interesting one because you spend quite a lot of time in, it's Grangemouth, is it, in Scotland? Yeah, near Edinburgh, yes. For work, as you know, I work as a chemist. Mm-hmm. And for business reasons, I'm involved in some you know, relationship with Scotland and with Grangemouth. There's a, a big petrochemical site in there. Mm-hmm. There are some similarities between Scottish and the Irish, especially, I think, also in the accent, in the attitude and the way some things are probably some words are pronounced. For some reason, I got involved in life in these two different realities, which have also similarities. I think there's quite a lot of parallels between Ireland and Scotland in terms of the way they speak and also culturally as well. I suppose, obviously, your experience in Ireland helped you a lot, I imagine, when you first went to Scotland and you were working. It helped you adapt to understand the accent better, did it? It definitely did. It definitely did help me. Obviously, again, going from Ireland, because after Ireland, then I went back to Italy and then I studied for another few years before then graduating and start working. As I was saying to you, I'm still in touch with some Irish people and that helped me keeping up with the accents and understanding that different English. So when I had to go to Scotland for work, that helped me, even though there was a bit of an impact there as well, because the accent, again, is a bit different it's quite thick depending on the places in Gragemouth there's this place called Bonus near places I visit when I have to work I remember once I went to this place it was a small restaurant and I went there for lunch with some of my colleagues and a lady sitting there and at the pub asked me something but I couldn't understand the word and not even <laughs> the, or even my colleagues were saying to me that was a very, very thick accent to understand because even within local areas, sometimes I've heard people might struggle to understand each other. I suppose that's possible, isn't it? I mean, I play tag rugby with a Northern Irish guy and a couple of Irish as well. If you're in a pub, and it's a bit noisy, like sometimes he'll say stuff. I won't understand that. It's quite interesting. Because sometimes he'll be very aware of that fact because it's maybe a particular phrase or he's just said something very typically from where he's from, perhaps. I think that's curious, isn't it? I mean, I think native speakers would always have some element. It would happen a little bit. I remember when I was doing English camps with kids, we had a Scottish couple that came. I don't think you ever met them because it was before I met you, I think. But it was a guy called Billy and Fiona. And he, in particular, he was from Sterling. If he spoke in his normal accent, it was pretty difficult to understand him. <laughs> what he would do is he would try and consciously speak a bit more clearly because he knew that people might find it quite difficult if he was speaking how he would in his home town. And as you said, I mean, it's probably the same in island as well it's very local it's very regional isn't it to some extent the accents and way people speak definitely it is yes and then what surprised me as well now that you're talking about this 
was the story about a documentary and then there are plenty of things like that if you look up Scottish accent on YouTube this story about this documentary which was a Scottish documentary so the reporter was Scottish and for some reason he had gone to the United States where he had subtitles I think <laughs> these represent the beauty of language as well I think a different accents are enriching more than an obstacle or something to look down to. I think yeah, it's really interesting. Definitely. And I think it's more about practice than anything else, isn't it? I mean, obviously, if you're a non-native speaker and I've had lots of people who have said to me, yeah, I find the Scottish accent really difficult, the Irish accent really difficult. I think most of the time it's just about listening as much as you can, right? And trying to get as much immersion as you can almost. And I suppose in your case, Maybe you found it very difficult when you were first in Scotland, but because of your experience in Ireland, it helped you adapt relatively quickly and try and understand people a, a lot quicker, I imagine. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely helped me with that. Yeah. I had to adapt to different accents as well, because within the workplace, obviously, there were people coming from Glasgow, people coming from Edinburgh, people coming from different parts, even there with different Scottish accents. But the common factor was obviously, again, English. And once you're at workplace, once you're talking to people with, who realize, obviously, that you're not a native speaker, they might be a little bit more conscious, as you were saying, you know, about their own accent and then start maybe pronouncing things more uh, correctly, more yeah, sure. clearly, let me say. I'm sure you will remember this because the reason why we met is because you wanted to have lessons with me, didn't you? And, and we did some lessons together. And I don't know if you remember me saying to you and you said, oh, something along the lines of, I want to pronounce things a bit more like maybe an English person would. And I said, well, no, I'm sorry, but your accent is already very nice. <laughs> I, can <t> I can tell you that really you have a nice soft Irish accent. And I think you've kept that all these years. And I love your accent. I think it sounds very clear, but also there is a, a soft Irish element to it, which I think is really nice. Is it? This still after so many years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Probably. definitely. That makes it unique for you. I think that's a lovely thing. And I think that's a very nice thing to have. There are some elements of Italian in there, but not really that much at all. And you've done very well to take on that accent. But some people are very good at doing that. And I think you have in particular adopted in a very nice accent. Thank you very much. I love your accent too. Thank you. That's kind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much better now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's why I said that because I knew you were going to feel better after me saying this. You can come back on the show again now. Right? So I'm going to invite you back now. At Monty, we offer English classes online. So you can join wherever you are. We offer individual lessons or English exam preparation. For first timers in a group class, it's only £2. Visit our website at montyenglish.co.uk to buy this ticket or book any other package now. I was thinking about obviously your work being teaching English so many years and you've been having a different experience with different nationalities in teaching English. What is the nationality you felt was most difficult to teach and to pass on the English to? Well, that's a good question. 
I mean, obviously being in London, you tend to get a lot of experience of certain nationalities, get a lot of Italians, a lot of Spanish, a lot of French. You do get a lot of South Americans as well in London and Koreans, Japanese. I mean, in terms of difficulty of teaching people, sometimes it can be quite challenging with the Italians, the Spanish and the French, just because I think of the way you've been taught. It's not true of everybody because some people are amazing, but I would say as a general rule, the level of teaching is not that great. So often when people are coming from those countries in particular, it's a bit more challenging for them. The level of maybe people from Japan and Korea would be lower quite often, but I haven't had a huge amount of experience of teaching them other than maybe in a group environment. I've had a lot more experience maybe with French, Italians and Spanish. I think often the reason why there's a difficulty is just because of confidence, because of people's confidence, being taught in a certain way. So therefore they're scared of making mistakes. The only time I haven't really found people progressing is when that's maybe a really strong idea and that they can't lose that to some extent. So you basically think that it has more to do with the uh, psychological block that these people can have because of the teaching they've had in their past rather than their real capabilities of learning the language? Often, yes. Also as well, the, another element is exposure to the language. A good example is Portugal and Spain. But invariably, Portuguese people have a fairly good level of English and it's quite easy for them to pick it up. And often that's, I mean, I would guess often that's because they would have films or series in the original language. So it would be in English or American English. Therefore, they would have subtitles. Whereas in Spain, for example, they would dub everything like they do in Italy. Mm-hmm. And like they do, I think, in France as well. It could be changing a bit in France, certainly in somewhere like Paris. But you've got that idea and the fact that you don't have the exposure to the language is another thing that creates a difficulty. I don't know Portugal really well, but my impression when I went there a couple of years ago, I got the impression that in Portugal, people were more exposed to the language. It seemed more natural for them to even try rather than being embarrassed right more confident about giving a go like yeah. trying and it seemed more normal it seemed more natural and i'd argue that's probably because they do have exposures to the language so therefore even if they don't speak it properly or haven't learned it properly they have a fairly good idea of how it sounds and they probably picked up a few words that makes a big difference the other question for you was which is the age range you prefer teaching most Oh, interesting one. I don't know. I've never really thought about that. That's a very good question. Perhaps each age range, I guess, has its own satisfaction. For example, at the moment, I'm teaching a French guy online, of course, but he's based in Provence and he's in his 60s. But I really enjoy speaking to him just because he's a really nice guy. He's a really pleasurable guy to speak to. His English is not amazing, but he just tries and he's very kind. He makes his own honey and I think he's going to send me a jar of honey, which is very lovely. <laughs> cool. Um, he wants me to visit his <laughs> vegetable patch as well. If you can get some extra honey for me, uh, I would be Yeah, I'll get, I'll get him to send you some as well. No problem. <laughs> it's fine. He's a good guy. He is a real pleasure to teach. And also younger people as well are, I would say, in their 20s. If they're ambitious and open, they're very satisfying to teach in the way that 
they're obviously trying to make progress and using English to make progress, either to get a job or to study. I guess from a satisfaction point of view, often younger people are more satisfying. I guess you don't get that many people who are a bit older like this chap. And that in itself makes it nicer in a way because you don't have people necessarily in that age group wanting to learn another language and that makes it quite refreshing and that makes it quite fun and also it's quite sweet in a way cool that's very interesting i thought about something else because i was thinking about when i actually learned language when i actually started speaking english and i think that all happened once some sort of reached some point where i felt like i wasn't even thinking about that and then when you're not thinking about that, at least you don't have to worry or you're not thinking too much of what you're saying or maybe if you're making mistakes because everyone, you know, is making mistakes. I'm making mistakes even when I speak Italian. What yeah, you're, you're is your Italian is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching, yeah, I'm watching films with subtitles when they're in Italian. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think what is in your opinion the moment, the very moment when you can tell that someone has learned language? Well, I think when you're, you're not having to think about it, as you say, I mean, I think that's one element. I think it's also when it, somebody doesn't seem to be making too much of an effort. And that can be any level, I think, to be honest. I think when somebody is not thinking about it too much is almost when they've succeeded coming back to this guy in his 60s as i say his english is not amazing but it doesn't seem to phase him he just tries to communicate and is not really putting any pressure on himself because i think he's just doing it for his own pleasure and i think often if people do it for their own pleasure as i said it doesn't matter what level you are even if you are a very basic level on some level if you're not putting too much pressure on yourself and you're just having pleasure with the language i would say that you've got there because then it makes it easier for you to improve in the future yeah also you can see when somebody's relaxed or when somebody is not that worried it makes a huge difference to communication in general so it doesn't necessarily have to be verbal communication i mean i'm sure you've experienced this yourself where you speak to somebody and maybe they don't speak great italian but if they're trying to communicate with you and in a certain way and if they do it in a friendly and approachable way and they don't care too much, then it doesn't really matter how good their language level is to some extent. You know, yeah. I think communication is a wider thing, right? It's not just about speaking. Absolutely. I definitely think that communication is a much wider thing. I remember talking to you and I remember things we've shared and things we've done. But to be honest, I never remembered the language we were talking when we were saying these things, mm -hmm. which in some terms, I think, means that language is just a means to get there after all. So it's nothing more than just a way to deliver the message. But then the message is what is important. Obviously, if you can speak the language very well, then it's easier for you to get the message through. Yeah. But to be honest, if I look back, I never remember the language if I was talking maybe to someone in English or in Italian when we were saying something, I just remember the concept rather than remembering the language, unless there's something very, uh, you know, maybe funny or something very 
little things that you remember because they were to being said in that language. And that is potentially because of cultural references, isn't it? Or something that works in one language and doesn't work in another language, doesn't it? But I agree with that idea that when I think about our relationship, I don't think about our relationship in one language or another. I think most of the time we've spoken English simply because your English is very good and I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> <laughs> your Italian is good too. Your Italian is good too, I think. Thank you. Yeah, it's a bit rusty now, but it's not too bad, my Italian. Yeah, it could be better. Anyways, you were invited in my podcast. I'm going to do that in Italian the next few days. I'm nervous already. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> what are you going to call the podcast? Parlando Italiano. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> or there's no translation for Monty. I could just go Monty Scuola Italiana. Do it. No one will understand that Monty is not Italian. You could spell it with an I instead of a Y. There you go. Good suggestion. <laughs> Fantastic. Sounds like a business plan. I'd do it. I can be your first guest on the show. Yeah, guinea pig. I could be your guinea pig, but my fee is pretty high. <laughs> no, I think you'll be grand. You'll be doing fine. No problems. You'll be having no problems at all. 20,000 euros, you, is that okay? When it comes to money, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> I think then going back to the language, I think it's very important. Even at work, when I realize that some people maybe have many barriers in terms of self-confidence as well, or with the language itself, it's really, really embarrassing because if you're embarrassed, you're generating embarrassment. So everyone is embarrassed. Sure. And I think even delivering the message, that happens to me in Italian as well. Sometimes it's difficult. As you know, Italian is less straightforward than English, probably. Mm -hmm. English can deliver a message in three words, whereas Italian normally there are many, many, many words, three words English, maybe 12 words Italian just to <laughs> deliver, just to say the same thing. Yeah. But I think that every language is very important because if you don't manage to deliver a message, that could be some missed relationship. It could be a missed appointment, business or anything. It's so important being able to deliver a message, even though probably I don't think that the accent is a main aspect. So you can have whatever accent, as long as you're clear, as long as you can deliver the actual message, whatever accent you have, maybe you can have softer accents or more harsh. But then I think as long as you can speak and you can think of the words and you can deliver that message, that's a key aspect for almost every part of our lives from doing shopping to working being with friends sure and i think that's a good point really i mean we've discussed it quite a few times on other episodes about the idea of accent and i think the conclusion that we always come to and i come to with gideon is that accent is a nice thing it's what makes you unique getting rid of your own accent no matter what nationality you are is not essential most native speakers really like it when you have your own accent because it gives you identity in some way and also it's nice it's exotic people find that kind of thing attractive i think often it's to some extent about the rhythm what i will say about you and dana who you know as well of course is that you both are obviously non-native speakers but the rhythm of your language is nice that helps you get your message across even if, say, for example, Dana being German maybe has 
something that could be considered a slightly stronger accent. But having said that, she doesn't really come across that way. So therefore, it is about the rhythm and it has softened to some extent. And I think if you can soften your accent in some way, that always helps and think about the rhythm rather than getting rid of the accent. One thing I wanted to talk about, because you reminded me, is so in terms of your career, how much do you think English has helped you? It really, really helped me. As you were saying, like Italy is not famous for having the greatest English speakers. Education, as far as the foreign languages are concerned, is not great to me. We don't always have native speakers teaching at school. And then sometimes we have good teachers. If you're lucky, you can have good teachers Mm -hmm. and that will obviously you will benefit from that because obviously you can improve your language faster i think in workplaces where if you speak english in italy is something that can still give you a plus differentiate you more than obviously some other people who don't speak that language obviously as a general rule the many more languages you speak the better it is for whatever work you're doing but then English obviously plays the key role. English is a must. You have to know it. Yeah. At work, that's the reason my English is probably the reason why I've been involved in the trips to maybe Scotland and to some other countries because they would know I can get away with it. Your English becomes a real asset in this sense because they're like, oh yeah, Tito knows English very well, so he'll have no problem going to Korea or to Scotland. Yeah. Exactly. That's what normally happens. I'm working with people my generation and I'm working with people who are a little bit older. The 50s probably would speak English, but they still have problems. Probably most of them. Some people are just brilliant, but Mm -hmm. most of them have difficulties, obviously, understanding. And then sometimes we have to deal with people from some other countries, maybe Korea, Japan. Of course, their accent is even stronger sometimes. So even more difficult to understand them because they have their own accent. So you need to sometimes guess what they're saying to you. I think it really gives you more value in the work world, Yeah, obviously. Probably if I were living in the UK, I believe probably in the UK, it would be the same thing the other way around. In the UK, probably people are very lucky because they speak English. Your colleague yeah. of yours that speaks Italian, he spe- but English. He speaks is English and speaks Italian. So every time I go there, some other colleagues who are Scottish don't know that he can speak Italian. So every time I go there and knowing that he can speak Italian, sometimes I refer to him and I talk to him in Italian. Mm. And everyone around him is so surprised when he goes from English into Italian because they wouldn't expect him to speak so well. In fact, he can speak. Knowing language is always valuable. Starting from a native English or a native Italian, every language you can learn is always a plus, in my opinion. I agree. I think it adds an element of something more personal, doesn't it? Because I guess speaking to this guy, you feel maybe a bit more of a connection with him, but then obviously his colleagues are potentially a bit impressed by it, aren't they? It adds something to both of you in a way. Definitely. We're going to have to wrap things up now, I think. It's been very good talking to you, though. I think that is probably going to be the top podcast definitely for the month of April. That's good news. Fantastic. I'm hoping we're becoming superstars with this podcast. Well, I'm already a superstar and I can make you a superstar if I want to. 
let's see what happens in April. And then if it all goes well, I can quit my job. Don't hold your breath, but I can make (laughs) or break you. There's only some people that become rich and famous on my show. And some people I just deem aren't good enough. You'll have to watch the space. Fingers crossed. Indeed. (laughs) It's a real pleasure. Thank you for joining me. And I hope all the listeners found that very useful and informative. I'm sure they did. I think you gave a really nice insight into Erasmus and English in general and the fact that now you're a multi-billionaire just because of English, right? Yeah, that's correct. I actually have to go. I want to dive in my swimming pool. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's been brilliant talking to you. Thanks a lot for this fantastic experience. Thanks very much, Tito. (laughs) Thanks a lot, John. You're welcome. So you've been listening to English with Monty. If you enjoyed this podcast then please leave me a donation online via our website monty is a small independent company and i do all the editing myself i would suggest two pound fifty to buy me a coffee or five pounds for a beer montyenglish.co.uk then just click on the podcast button at the top you can donate here thank you i appreciate it